Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode number 287. My name is Brando. Excited because uh, there's new Guns N' Roses music. They're still touring. And I am kind of I don't know why I didn't do this before when when GNR was touring, but that's have fans come on to give their reviews. So I've been doing fan obsession segments, but just to have a review episode. Now, we've been doing that, uh, you know, at the beginning, of course, MetLife, uh, MetLife Stadium. Uh, where else were they? Where I, where I went, Hershey Park. So uh, Fanway Park. So that a few places. So now the fourth stop is where uh, Eric and Drew were. So, uh, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Eric and, and Drew, for, for joining me. You're welcome, Brando. Yeah, thank you for having us on. This is fun. Just two regular Guns N' Roses fans just hanging yeah. out. And I want to get, you know, you're well, I'm also a regular Guns N' Roses fan, but just to get different viewpoints. And I, I find it easier, an easier conversation than on the forums. You know, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, I've not been on the forums in years. <laughs> Myself either. When you had to, I was, but now you don't really need to anymore. Yeah, that's funny, though. That's that's how I think Eric and I met. I met a lot of great people through the forums. But yeah, that's not really my place these days. Well, that's interesting that you guys met there because I've just met some cool people. And I guess that's kind of a good place to start before we get to Comerica Park and where Guns N' Roses just played a couple of days ago uh, as we're recording this. I, if it wasn't for my career, I, I don't think I would enjoy social media anymore. Yes, uh, even before radio, I was on my GNR forum because I was also a, you know, the dork that wanted to hear the, the leaks. You know, I heard silkworms years ago. You know, I was, I'm one of those. But at the top of the show, before we get to anything else, just want to say, please follow my new Twitter. Yes, I have a new Twitter, at... The AFD podcast at the AFD podcast. Why do I have a new Twitter? Well, shame on me. I got so excited. And maybe Eric and Drew, you can, this will be part of your experience when you go to a show. Uh, yeah, I'm watching, but I'm also taking some pictures. I'm taking video more for now. The podcast, I wasn't doing it so much before the, you know, when I was just a kid, you know, obviously maybe cell phones weren't as prevalent then, but still. So, I guess I shared one too many of my own concert videos. I think I shared uh, the debut of, a, or the second time Absurd was played. I think I, I played a clip of that. Uh, the song was already officially out, you know, legally. You know, we, we, I don't know if you guys, have you, have you streamed it yet? Well, you know what? Let's, let's save it. That's a whole other conversation. Um, and I got a couple of like DMCA notices about, you know, legality. I'm like, oh, all right, whatever. You know, sometimes Twitter's stupid. They're, t- they're going to remove the video. Fine. I post one more uh, before I go to bed. It was going to be of, of Axel, I think, talking about the download happening at midnight. I thought that would be cool. With, you know, shitty quality. My, my seats weren't that great. I wake up to your Twitter is now suspended. Oh, that's great. 
So instead of waiting for, you know, the Twitter gods, you know, I, I want to start a new one at the AFD podcast. So please follow. I would be more annoyed. It's my own fault. I should have been more uh, cautious and not let my guard down. But I would be more annoyed if I had like a ton of followers, if I was like, you know, Lady Gaga or something. But uh, I didn't have that many. I, I have a goal, but I, you know, let, let's, let's, let's crank them up there. I don't know if you guys are on Twitter. Hopefully, uh, Eric, I, I see your name. You're just, you contact me through Facebook. I don't know if you have a Twitter. Yeah, I, I do Twitter very little. I have all the social medias and um, in my line of work where uh, I officiate and hire sports officials, a lot of times I find uh, work through social media. So that's been beneficial amongst okay. other things. But, but that's one of the positives of it for me. Okay. You know, even if you don't use it a lot, just, just give me a follow because what happens true and Eric, and I've been honest about this too. And maybe I should get this before uh, we, again, we go into Comerica because it's on my mind uh, is that I, I want to always uh, people always look to see who you, you've interviewed, you know, in the past and also see the amount of followers you have. So, you know, my Twitter is now less because it's a, it's a new one, but the thing that's on my mind, because I forgot, because I'm always honest, I forgot I named brain all these years ago um, because in the new Twitter, I shared like an old clip of, of me interviewing Jim Brewer a few years ago. And I was talking to him about some of the, uh, the guns of roses management issues I was having. I, I, I don't know if you guys have listened to that episode uh, yet or me or heard me talk about. I've heard, I've heard some of it. Yeah. So I, and I regret it. So I apologize. To, to, I don't know. Brain will ever hear this and he's never on social media, but he was one of the people that came to me after the fact when we heard remixes of songs and he was talking about that on an episode beta calls him frantically because of, of not his fault or even mine of, of clickbait that came out about brain talking about new guns or roses music, which was just clickbait talk for remixes. And brain was like, all calling me all upset. He's like, you know, what's, what's going on, you know, or like not even upset at me. He was just like, what is the stress level? Like, I, I just thought I just did an episode. You guys were cool. What's what's going on here? So that was like two years ago. I forgot I mentioned it. I just don't want to be a hypocrite. So I, I do. Uh, sorry, brain, for naming you all those times. But it just goes to show you with Twitter, with booking guests, I've had these issues for so many years. So that's why it's a pleasure to have fans on because you guys said there's no pressure. You know, <laughs> with you guys. All I won't that. call you angry. Yeah, <laughs> I'm frustrated. You know, I guess get frustrated and uh, yeah, frustrated. Yeah. yeah, and there's a light at the end of the, the tunnel with all this. I'm having a, a great time, and you know, I'm, I'm the only the thing I'm upset and the most about is that I've seen Guns N' Roses twice already, and unless Atlantic City goes down in price, that's it for me. I'm not going to see them again this tour. It's just too much money and time and all that. So that's why I depend on you. You know, you Drew and you Eric. Uh, to kind of see, look at this. It all has a method to the madness. It's all very fluid. Uh, well, Detroit definitely went down in price. So, for sure. Uh, I was hearing that about New York. I met up with my my former co-host, uh, current friend, Ian Scotto, who I met up at the show. And he waited to the last minute to get tickets. And they were smart. He was smart. Mine were left over from pre-COVID. I, I don't know. I just didn't want to let them go. Mine originally were. I was supposed to be on a trip at the time of the show, though, when it got rescheduled. So I got a reimbursement. My trip got canceled. I went back to look at tickets thinking, well, maybe I'll go now. And wow, they were substantially lower. Wow. Smart. Good for you. I, good for you. Um, and I think I've said this. It's not a GNR thing. It's, a, it's just like a concert thing. 
you know, I, I while yeah, GNR says we're effing back and they are back for now, knock on wood. You know, it's kind of getting scary out there with some of these concerts being canceled or, or dates being postponed. So yeah, I, I just saw Limp Biscuit, I think, canceled their tour and and some yeah. others. Tesla. Yeah. Uh, we had Frank Hannon on a few weeks ago. And how excited was he to, to be on the road? So let's uh, let's not jinx it. Let's talk about the shows that that, that happened. So yeah. you guys, uh, if you're listening on on the podcast, you can obviously watch on also the, the Zoom video that I'm recording on our YouTube channel. But if you're listening, you know, you guys are in separate areas. You know, Drew and Eric are not brothers, I'm assuming, even though no. all three of us have beards. Yeah. Uh, which is i don't know I, should, I wish i learned younger in life like a beard like as soon as way I, to go. <laughs> I waited too long to be you know to fully embrace it so you guys have been friends for i guess how long you 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 met oh, on the yeah, uh, almost 20 years i'd say right wow. yeah i mean i think the first time we met face to face was either the 2002 tour or just before that exchange in bootlegs <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I remember specifically the first time we met. Well, somewhat specifically, I know it was like in Lansing at a restaurant or something. And it was, it was, it was Pancheros. Yeah. Pancheros. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and we showed up, I had some shows that you were interested in hearing and you had some shows I was interested in hearing and we met on the forums and just met up and did a swap. It was great. Old school. I love that. Very old school. Trading the old GNR bar. <laughs> yeah yeah that was the name of our forum the gnr bar that's right. okay okay so this is uh pre you know you're teaching me because i came in this early internet yeah it's cool. i love hearing about it though because that's how diehard the guns roses fans that was the only way that we were able to get anything which is yeah. just you know now mind-blowing that they released a song digitally you know right. willingly on purpose <laughs> they did it on purpose uh, Drew's your only guy that's heard it uh, the first time it was played live and the last time it was played live. A short window for that because it's probably going to get played again. But Yeah, I would say I've, I've seen, well, in 2001, I saw every performance. Well, no, not Rio. I wasn't in Rio. Uh, but I went to the House of Blues show and I went to both of the joint shows at the end of the year in Vegas. Um, so, yeah, I was very familiar with Silkworms as it existed. And now it's the new single 20 years later. So that's maybe let, let, let's start there because since you saw silkworms in person and Eric, I'm, oh. I'm assuming you are well aware of, of silkworms. Yeah. Uh, what did my, you think? You know, my, my take of it, you know, at the time was just hearing it on the boots. I would depend on people like Drew and the other people that heard it live. Cause it, it was, it wasn't as strong as some of the other ones in, in my opinion, when you heard like the house of blues uh, bootleg from back in the day, 20 years ago. So, you know, I, I asked the guys that went there live, did it sound better live than, you know, does the bootleg not do it justice? And you know, they said, yeah, it's a much better song live than what you're going to hear on that crappy boot. I think that's always the case. I think live always sounds better than the bootleg. You know, that's kind of, you get the bootleg. I, it's a bootleg for a reason. You don't get it for, I think, the quality. You get it for the enjoyment of it and maybe the memory of it if you were there. You know, you're so that's why I, I always tell people, and I'm always wary when, even when I was posting those videos that, you know, uh, destroyed my Twitter, was it's not the best quality, but it's sharing a moment. It's sharing a moment with other people. And I think that's the best part of, of doing it. So, uh, so Drew, so I guess I'm assuming Drew and Eric, you guys kind of, you, you like the song, but it maybe it wasn't your favorite, the Silkworms? 
And by the way, opinions are allowed. You don't have to, you know, be a. a I love it now. I, I like it much more 20 years later than, you know. Well, that's where I'm going to it. I'm going because I did not. I'm like, silkworms, I mean, that's just what is that? And then I hear, and I've talked about it already, but absurd, I like it. So what, what, what do you guys feel? I, I mean, the first time I heard it, yeah, it was 5.30 a.m. on <laughs> January 1st. I mean, that show started at 3.35 and ended at 5.35. I walked out the doors of that show soon after Silkworms and it was daylight out. Um, it was a crazy night. And um, now they're starting in daylight. They're starting yeah, it. That was a first. I'd never seen, <laughs> yeah. I've seen like 20 shows. I've never seen them start. And that's so weird. That's yeah. so weird. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so I remember seeing that song. I mean, that whole show was, had a feel of kind of being like Charlie and the chocolate factory was mm-hmm. how I still think of those shows. Because I mean, at the time, Axel had kind of become this mythological, you know, entity. No one had seen him in eight years or anything to be at a show at 3.30 a.m. in a little venue. And all of a sudden he was out on stage was surreal. And then as each new song played, they played, I don't know, three or four new songs that night. You know, it was hard to even kind of take it in and wrap your brain around it. It was just exciting to hear something new. Um, but I remember with that song, it's, it was so different. Obviously he was going for something very different, uh, but the sound was very expansive and it's, it sounded great live. And I think it still does, uh, from the other day in Detroit, it's a song that I think suffers the most, even with the official release and everything, it just does not capture what that sound is live. I don't know if Eric experienced that in hearing it kind of live for the first time, but um, it's an interesting song. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how catchy it is or how, you know, I, I don't know. It's interesting, though. Well, so then you guys had to you, you just heard it before the show. Now, this was your first time to experience it live. So, you know, let's kind of go through the day there before we get to absurd when you're there at Comerica Park. Yeah. I want to get other people's, you know, when you're looking around, if you're looking around to see other people's reactions to new Guns N' Roses music. So where are you both? located you don't have to you know give away your secret location in case if the uh cia is listening but are you both because i'm not familiar with detroit i did some traveling oh, you know yeah, and, well, uh, neither of us summer. are near detroit okay yeah, so yeah. where are you guys from i live in charlotte now which is you know it's a 90 minute drive east to get to detroit so not terrible but not yeah. in my backyard either <laughs> and I'm, I'm about an hour or so north of of eric i'd say so okay yeah, well, so you- kind of the, just the middle of the state Okay, so you said, and I, and I have no problem making an ass out of myself. You said Charlotte, right? That's- yeah, like if you talk to a telemarketer on the phone or somebody, I always say Charlotte, but and I'm not from here, but the locals will get ticked if you don't call it Charlotte. So okay, I was, it, it has the accent to it here, but okay, I want to make sure. I, 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 I only live here three years. It's, it's I'm in the country. It's peaceful. It's close to work. So that's the perk. Okay, I didn't know there was a Charlotte there. I was just thinking. Charlotte, North Carolina. See, it goes to show you. I, I don't. I couldn't find San Diego, uh, Carmen San Diego, as a kid, and I, I still don't know anything else on a on a map. So, uh, you guys had to. Did you guys meet up at the show? Did you guys get lunch beforehand? What? What? I never even saw Eric. <laughs> okay. we, we had yeah, some totally separate experiences at the show okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I saw I drew at, at the very top of like section 344 when he was texting me said i'm the only one in the very top you can probably see me i looked up and, and there he was in the top row <laughs> yeah so okay. I, I i bought a pit ticket um just thinking this will give me the most leeway to kind of go wherever i want to go i mean 
I'm vaccinated, but I've been pretty hesitant to be out in major crowds. And this, there were a lot of people there. Um, I was, uh, anyone who was at the show probably would recognize me if I had my mask back on. I wore a mask for a lot of that show. Uh, but one thing I did uh, early on in the show uh, before GNR went on stage was I kind of ducked to the upper deck. Uh, there were a couple sections up there they didn't sell any tickets for. There was a nice breeze coming through. It was really comfortable. And I watched uh, some of uh, Wolfgang up there. Okay. Did you get there for Wolfgang, Eric? Yeah, well, I had the early entry. So I got there like at 10 in the morning and just made a day of it. So I I was front and center. So what was the vibe then? Because obviously, you know, we you all know, know that you're excited. You're the you guys are the Guns N' Roses fans on the Guns N' Roses podcast. You know, you know, your your level of, of excitement, but what was the vibe of just it was the, a totally different show for me. I, I kind of felt like the the Fred Durst dad vibes because I had 18 year olds to my right and 21 year olds to my left and 21 year olds behind me. So you know, you know, we're in the pit together talking. That's what you get and front row like, in the pit, Eric. Right. The old man. I, I, I'm the, the old guy, and, and there's a 49-year-old holding on to front and center, surrounded by all the youth. All the people my age have seats. But, uh, <laughs> you know, they're drilling me about my hist, my tour history, for, you know, from 91 with guns all, all the way up. And, you know, it was fun to listen to those guys. Like the, the kid to my left, who I probably talked to the most, was saying you know, how his favorite song was November Rain, where you, you don't usually hear somebody say that that's their favorite song. That's, you know, I do when you're a college kid. Oh, college I guess I don't. Sure. But, uh, you know, when that song actually came came on uh, the set list and played and I looked it up my left and just see him hearing it live for the first time, it was kind of cool to, you know, oh, to see somebody that, you know, I'm more than twice his age and have him hear it the first time. It was yeah. really cool. That, that's, that's awesome. It's hard to put myself back into that. I've seen so many shows. But there was, I mean, I was surprised by how much I enjoyed just being there. Uh, I think having a year and a half of not having live music and being out and seeing guns again, uh, I felt like revitalized watching that show. I was jumping up and down. I was dancing. I was having a great singing along, having a great time and felt very different than I felt for the last year and a half. It was really, really nice. And I think the whole crowd would kind of had that energy of like, just excited to be out doing something. I agree with that. Like it, it was, it was, yeah, it was excitement for Guns N' Roses, but it was like, are we really, we're, we're okay. Cause I, I, at, there really wasn't any masks at, um, at there Hershey Park. <laughs> yeah. There weren't a lot. I, I regret I'm, I'm vaccinated too. I regret not putting on a mask when I went into the merch line. Cause that was pretty tight. I, I wore my appetite for vaccination mask some places at, at MetLife. <laughs> you know, I almost looked like a psycho just walking around with that mask. But oh, I guess I everyone looks like that too. Uh, my my God! So I was, and I, I've been saying, you know, before we get to to, to GNR and just uh, go off on whatever tangent there. But what do you guys think of Mammoth? Because I'm always looking forward to seeing them, and I'm glad I got to see. I I thought they were they were great. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how Eric felt up there in the front row. I really enjoyed them. Really straightforward rock and roll. Um, I checked out their video uh, where uh, Wolfgang is playing all the different parts kind of before yeah. the, the show. So I'd, I'd heard their song. I wasn't that familiar with them. Uh, but that was a fun opening act. I've, I mean, I've seen a lot of opening GNR acts. Uh, <laughs> Alice in Chains in Vegas, maybe number one. I mean, that's tough to beat. But, uh, but Wolfgang was up there. That was a really fun opening act. I agree. I really liked uh, 
Wolfgang, you know, I, I've seen the opening acts. I didn't care for it like CKY, but you know, I, I got to see Skid yeah. Row. I got to see Blind Melon open for Guns, and uh, you know, I thought Wolfgang was very good. And I, I meant to listen to some of his stuff, you know, this week prior to the show, and it just didn't happen. So it was all fresh and new for me, and and I thought it was really good. And the the one song where he said that it was hard for him to get through because he got emotional. I'm assuming it was about his father. Yep. And, and he is he is crying a little bit during that song. I mean, he was right in front of me. So, you know, you could tell that it was tough for him to do that song live. He's been he he mentioned that. before one of the songs this before he played it, he said this next song I'm going to play was my dad's favorite. And I, I remember yeah. that, that that stuck with me. I can't remember which song that was, but it was one of my favorites of the set, too. It was a really good song. It kind of slowed it down a bit. Okay. I'll have to look and see what that was. Um, but part of the fun of seeing Wolfgang, I mean, he's been out with Van Halen and everything, but you know how exciting this is for him. It has to be to be out there with his own music on his first big tour. And, you know, just like Eric looking at the kid next to him, all excited to see November Rain for the first time. I was kind of excited to see Wolfgang up there kind of doing his own thing for the first time. And and I'd seen him with his dad, um, you know, a few years yeah. back. Yeah, same. And, and that's why. And I'm glad I, I posted this actually today. And I want to give a shout out to um, my, my buddy Tigman, uh, who caught the, the screen caps, you know, because speaking of uh, this was on Facebook, not Twitter. It, he gets so much hate, it seems. I don't know why. I don't know if you if you because he's great on on Twitter, uh, Wolfgang Van Halen. Oh, and, I mean, and I mean, if you go on Twitter, or any social media, there's always going to be haters and trolls out there. But this one, it has a fun ending. So this asshole uh, decided to write to Wolfgang Van Halen. Uh, you come across like an immature little child with a bad attitude. Grow up. Never forget, you went straight to touring with GNR because of your last name. I mean, like what an asshole, right? So Wolf is great. They always say, like, don't react. I don't know. Sometimes you got to react. So Wolf writes, hey, man, they can kick me off the tour anytime they want to if it's not working out. My last name may have opened the door, but doesn't keep me here. And it certainly doesn't help me write, record, sing, or play the songs for me either. I'm the one doing that. So I kindly suggest you eat my entire ass. <laughs> well, that's rock and roll, right? <laughs> that's a good response. It is. And the best part is because Wolf po uh, posted that exchange on his Instagram and then Guns N' Roses responded. Guns N' Roses responded. Don't be expect to be off the tour anytime soon. I, I had and read, he shouldn't be. He was good. Yeah. And I had I mean, read the Axel, like I saw an interview or something with him online where yeah. he got to meet Axel and said, you know, what a sweetheart Axel was and how much Axel, you know, really liked his first single. Um, that was nice to read too. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it was great seeing him out there. I think he gets a lot of hate because I mean, he wasn't an original member of Van Halen and he was on those last tours. Um, but from what I've read, I don't think those last tours would have happened if it wasn't for Wolfgang. Uh, everyone says he's the guy who could always get his dad out to do stuff. Um, so we might not have had those, those shows and those tours without him. You're absolutely right. So I was, uh, while I was disappointed, I didn't get to see smashing pumpkins and that's why I kept the, uh, the tickets. I was very happy seeing uh, Wolfgang. So, you guys, when you're going, when you're there in the show, Eric, you're in the front. Drew, wait, wait no, what, you're, Drew, you're in the pit. Around. You're what, just so, where <laughs> I, was in, I was in the pit for most of the show. Okay. I mean, the, the pit. There was plenty of room to social distance, at least on Duff's side, I would say. So we can talk about that. But yeah, there was there was space. Then, yeah. Then let me ask you, how full 
was Comerica Park, where the uh, the Tigers play. Did you did you feel that? Yeah, nice crowd. I, I walked all through the place. Uh, the lower, like the field area, was very full in terms of the seats that are on the field. That was all full. Lots of people standing around that clearly had a seat somewhere in the back, but were kind of standing on the field. Uh, that was full. The upper deck, maybe like one sixth full at best. I mean, it was pretty empty in the upper deck. There, you know, it was just a scattering of people in each section. And then the pit, I got the sense that on Slash's side, which I think most people entered, went over quite a ways, um, the crowd. But on Duff's side, which you kind of had to work your way around Comerica to get to that side, because most people would encounter the crowd and just stop. And his side kept filling out up. And I could see that from the upper deck. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to Duff's side. And on Duff's side, there was just tons of space. Um, I mean, the, the rail is right there for the stage. And you could walk right up to the rail and get on it almost over to like where the band was on that side. Um, So I I felt very comfortable being down there, um, having enough space to where I felt, you know, safe and everything too. Um, It was a great place to watch the show. Did you go with anybody or you just went by yourself? I went solo. I just, I got a ticket. I I asked some friends if they wanted to go down and I'm like, uh, pit tickets are now $59. You guys might want to think about this. Um, but no, nobody ended up going. So I just, and I thought that was kind of good anyway. I wanted to kind of be able to wander around and go where I wanted to go. And I got in early and got Eric a poster and me. And then a guy tried to pay me a lot of money for it. The Robocop Uh, one, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was a cool thing. Oh man, if, if if people haven't seen that Robocop lithograph or poster, I mean that's awesome. Yeah. So you yeah. have two of them. Continue. Yep. So so I, I got two and I got them wrapped up real good in the plastic, carried them with me for the show. I'm walking past a guy and he comes running over. This is like 45 minutes after we got in the door. Uh and he comes running over and he's like, Is that that Robocop poster? I was like, Yeah. He said, Well, I'll give you a hundred bucks for it right now. I'm like, no, I can't do it. I got one, you know, I, I decided I got one for my friend. I didn't, didn't say I have two in there. I oh, wow. um, so, so then he was like, well, I'll give you 150 bucks. And I said, no, I can't sell it. And then he said, I'll give you 200 bucks right now, cash. Wow. It's like, no, I can't do it. I mean, and then I heard from Eric that they were selling for like 300, 400 bucks or something on eBay. I was getting messages oh, wow. from people while I'm in the pit that, you know, the posters were going for 400 on eBay and the show hadn't even started yet. Yeah. I mean, it's the first place I went when I, I got in the venue, I got in through the express line cause I didn't have any bags and I went straight to get the posters and people were buying them two, three at a time. I knew they weren't going to last. They were only 250. That's gotta be one of the, I mean, if you're a Guns N' Roses fan, the, this reunion tour, you're aware of the lithographs. That's been kind of like the unsung, I don't want to call it a hero. It's like a, they're not living, breathing things, but it's been like the unsung joy I guess, of, of this tour, uh, you know, collecting them. I have two myself. I could have gotten two more. But if you're right, if, if you're late, I don't want to go on eBay and, and pay triple the price. Um, if I really wanted, I would go super early. But yeah, the, that RoboCop one was badass. Even the Fenway Park one. And as a Yankee fan, I was like, this is pretty cool. This is cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I was happy it wasn't Tigers. I'm a White Sox <laughs> fan. I don't want any Tigers posts. So I was really pleased with RoboCop. Uh, Eric's our White Sox fan here. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. Uh, I was going to go to when I visited Chicago. I don't think they were in the area because the Cubs were out of town. 
because I think I spoke about this in the podcast. Uh, GNR was initially supposed to play Wrigley Field when I was visiting Chicago. Then they changed the date till September. Uh, but I was like, I want to go to a Cubs game anyway. They were, I think, they were out of town. Oh, I'll go to a White Sox game. They were out of town. One of these ga- days, I'll get the full uh, Chicago experience. But I haven't. I need to have the, the Detroit experience. So you're giving it to me now a little bit of the uh, Detroit experience. I love Detroit. Yeah. So where were you? I guess when it was about to start, because as we we spoke about before, this isn't like, you know, Wolfgang goes home. You know, is he's he's off, and then you can take a nap. You know, it, you, you can go home and come back, and, and, and GNR will still be hours late. It's not that case. They're on time, if not early. So were you, that was were you ready for It's So Easy? Were you ready? <laughs> well, I'd heard, you know, 745 was their time on the sheet. And talking to security, they said they're going to go on right at 8. And 8 o'clock on the dot, that wow. music started. Precisely. I mean, like clockwork. Um, so, yeah, there was no surprises. I've never seen that before. Like I said, I've seen them come on stage at 3.30 a.m., I've never seen them come on at 8 p.m. That was different. Who who did this? Who said the Axel after all these years? Come on. Okay. Like, how did this happen? You know, there was always so much money at stake. Always. And I instead wisdom with age. I mean, uh, I think we all probably do things a lot different now that we're older than we did when we were in our 20s. Well, that goes tired of paying those curfew fines. I, I I said it before because it'll be in Doug's book and he said it that he used to just he had to know the the fine amount of every city that they were in because he just knew it was going to happen. And Axel was going to be like, oh, whatever, you know, the rest of the rest of the band cared, <laughs> but Axel didn't care. Obviously, everybody cares now. And I think that was the case, which makes it a little interesting uh, because we can go through the set list. So we, we know the set list for the most part up until now, the big changes. Uh, that I would have been really upset if I went to Hershey Park and only Hershey Park. Because if, if they're debuting a new song and that's the only show that they don't, they don't play it at. So I'm wondering, because they might have been a few minutes late. They had some technical difficulties. I'm wondering if that's why they didn't debut it there. So were you guys knowing the songs? Were you just waiting for Absurd? Or were you were there highlights for you beforehand? Like How were you able to... You know, as well, seasoned you know, Guns N' Roses fans, as, as seasoned Guns N' Roses, I can say it, as seasoned Guns N' Roses fans who have been to a lot of shows, you know, how did you kind of, yeah, just like sit there and like wait for Absurd or were you enjoying the shows, you know, the song by song kind of situation? You can go ahead. My speculation going in was that we probably weren't going to see anything too different than what Fenway and MetLife had because this was the first show or the single had been released. So if you want people to download your new single, you're not going to do anything too earth shattering to draw attention away from the new single. And then when Soundcheck hit at three o'clock, they played it twice. It was the first song they played during Soundcheck. And the first time it was instrumental. And you know, of course you can hear Axel in the in the the backing vocals where you know people are thinking that Axel is out there singing and I'm telling no that's just the backing track. <laughs> and then uh the second time they played Absurd, you could hear uh, Duff singing, not the entire song, but he was singing some of it. So uh, I felt pretty good we were going to hear it in Detroit because it had been played at the two previous shows, and now you've dropped the single, and you just sound checked it twice. So I figured it's just a matter of time before it gets played in the set list. Look at you. You're out sound check. You are, you are on the field reporter. You, you really are. <laughs> just down in the trenches. 
So is that what you were? Because that's, you know, I'm enjoying it song by song, regardless, you know, uh, double talk and jive, you know, everything. Welcome. Slither, I thought was fantastic at MetLife. You know, how how is it in Comerica? And again, were you just waiting for Absurd or were you able to focus on just the, on the show? Oh, no, you know, I wasn't all about Absurd. I, I wanted to hear it and I was looking forward to it. But, you know, I, I'm going song by song. I mean, It's So Easy is my favorite song. So we start off the bat and I know we're going to get my favorite song right off the bat. And then, you know, it, it kind of almost felt to me like the the up close and personal leg of the tour back in the Chinese democracy days. And I don't know if it was because you're crazy was a slower version and knocking on heaven's door was a slower version. And, you know, I was front and center for two of those shows. And that this was the first time I'd been front and center since then. So it, it just had that up close and personal vibe with a few more thousand people with me this time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was taking in each song was, I was really trying to live in the moment because it'd been 18 months or whatever, since I've seen a live show. And I was like, this is special. I don't know how long live music's going to last at this moment. Um, <laughs> I hope it lasts, but you know, I, I was kind of taking it in knowing, you know, it might be a little while longer again before I see a live show. So I was really kind of living in each moment and kind of taking it all in. Um, but yeah, there was a curiosity factor in, in hearing absurd you know, for the first time, and it been a long time since I heard Silkworms uh, live. So I was looking forward to that. Um, and, and You're Crazy, that was a highlight for me. I, I loved hearing the, the slowdown version there. Um, probably the highlight of the show, though, for me, um, was uh, Slash's Manish Boy, uh, Muddy Water solo. Right. I, I, I love that song. I'm a huge fan of the group, the band. Um, who Martin Scorsese did a movie on uh, The Last Waltz. Uh, Muddy Waters plays that song in The Last Waltz. So I've always known that song. Uh, and to have Slash come out and just groove over Manish Boy, um, that was uh, a highlight for me, for sure. I recorded that one. Maybe I'll put it up online and get taken down. There goes your <laughs> No, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> you know, that's something I haven't brought up yet, was Slash doing that. And it's... That's something else they added special to the set list that I think that is was, it, that's nice because it's fresh, right? It's Slash doing a completely different solo than he's done on the other tours. It, I mean, after seeing, I mean, they haven't changed their set list up a whole lot since they reunited. Those little changes um, are real highlights for me. But every time I watch Slash, I'm, I'm an Axel fanboy going way back. You know, I was there at the House of Blues and all that. Uh, but when Slash is up there, really in the zone playing, I'm reminded that I'm in the presence of an absolute guitar God. I mean, of like at a level that few people have ever been. Um, and, and that's a special moment when he just kind of gets his solo spot and gets to do that. And, and I, I don't take that for granted that it's a, it's amazing to get to see slash do that. That's how I felt when I was able to see, uh, finally see Van Halen with Wolfgang was, uh, when I was able to see Eddie, I'm like, Oh my God. Like I, I need to soak this in. What yeah, else? you got to take it in, and and glad you got to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I guess Eric, how did you feel? Like where were you? You were in the front row the entire time. You were. Yeah, I. Uh, you know, having that early entry, we probably got in five minutes before everybody else did, which 
is irrelevant. As long as you're in before everybody else, that's fine. And uh, the young lady that was on the crew, she just told everybody we're going to be single file. We're going to walk. We're not going to run. And she just kind of escorted us in. So we just kind of fell where we wanted to go in our pecking order as we walked single file. So you know, she, she kind of dictated the pace. I wasn't worried one bit. I was first in line. So I'm going to put the, the anchor out right in front of the night train air horn. And there I stood for the whole night. <laughs> You seem like, cause I only see, uh, you know, your, your shoulders up, but I, I feel like you, nobody was pushing you around. Cause you seem like, uh, you seem like you used to play football. I, I, I did. Yeah. I played football and, uh, I mean, I, I was on a bunch of young bucks. Like I said, they, it, it was cool <laughs> down there. You know, what go on to gun shows on the floors in the nineties are a whole lot different experience than going, you know, in the last 10 years, uh, being yeah. on the floor now, it, they don't oversell it. And I think they do that on purpose so that you're not packed in there like sardines. So, you know, you're not in there too tight. Everybody's pretty cool. Um, you know, there were a lot of security there in the front row. And I mean, they had easy money that night. All they did was just, you know, just kind of stood there and listened to the show with the band behind them. They, they, nobody got pulled over the rail. You know, there were no fights. Uh, you know, at least where I could witness, I can't talk about the whole thing. Well, there, 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 there was, was one saw late in the night down in the pit, but it ended pretty quick. Oh, did there? Okay, yeah. yeah. I I forgot to to mention this when I was at the MetLife show, and this was like a fight that almost broke out in front of like the handicap seats, because you know that's where it happens. And this guy, you know, it was like this is what I like to call maybe I don't know if it was like this in the, in Detroit. A lot of uh, the Guns N' Roses dude bro fans were in in New Jersey. You know, like the the fraternity backwards hat kind of, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. I welcome all Guns N' Roses fans of all t- ilks and, and types, but these are the dude bros that really, you know, they sing "Sweet Child of Mine" in the bar, and and that's that's all they know. They start throwing shit, just to throw it. Like they're done with their their plastic bear, they throw it. Security tells them to stop. Like gives them the option to stop. There's one guy who was like flipping. I don't know, he's probably in his early twenties, flipping out. Like, don't tell me what to do. His friend's trying to calm him down, eventually calm him down. But it's still like a chip on his shoulder because, you know, he's a dude, bro. And he had his masculinity attacked. He's like, and he turns back to the security guards, fucking Nazis, calling them Nazis. The security guards at MetLife Stadium, they're, they're, they're Nazis, apparently. And then he's, he's still cursing everything. And he almost gets in a fight with his older fan in front of him. And me, I don't put up with that. I wave the security guys over. I'm like, and I point them out. Then they swarm, swarm. <laughs> they got him at it. You know, he he went willingly, you know, because it was all liquid courage. But all right. Oh, oh my, my God. So, yeah, other than that, it was, again, all good vibes. So two things before I lose them, because I want to drew. I want the fight story. But Eric, I, I, yeah. even if it's brief, even if it's brief, it, it, it's, it's brief. Well, I will say I was I was there wearing my House of Blues shirt. And there was one other guy there wearing that shirt. And so we get, we chatted a little bit. I was like, Hey, house of blues. Uh, and then him and his buddy were, were up in the pit and all of a sudden people started pushing each other around or something. The guy with the house of blues shirt pulled his buddy out, pulling him to the exit. The guy was like swearing and kind of pulling around. Um, but uh, they, they left very quick and security almost looked like they were going to chase him down. I don't know what happened. Uh, I just caught the tail end of it. All right. All right. We'll, we'll catch on a world, world star, maybe. Uh, the other thing I don't want to lose, Eric, can, do you have a fun story of being on in the, the floor in the 90s, how you can compare it to 
you know, you're talking about now enjoying yourself, able to kind of move around with the young bucks. Is there a, a GNR GA story from your, your youth that sticks out to you? The, the first time I saw GNR, I was 19. It, w- it was 1991 and Slave to the Grind was about to break, but hadn't broke yet. And the illusions weren't going to come out to the fall. So uh, I was at the Toledo Speedway. So not only uh, was I finally going to see Guns N' Roses, but I had to cross state lines to do so. And you couldn't walk on the ground. I'd, I'd never been at Toledo Speedway before, but it had rained all day. And it's like, by the time the gates opened, that's when the heavens opened up and the sun came out and there, there was no more rain. But I was probably in the middle of the venue by the time we got in to where we were going to be for the night. And you couldn't even touch the floor. It was like walking on a sea of beer cans. So every time you took a step, you were stepping on aluminum. You know, it, it wasn't flat ground. Every time you shifted your weight, you know, the crunching of aluminum happened. So it was just the most bizarre show from that standpoint where uh there were and you know i was 19 i couldn't drink uh there was just so much alcohol consumed that show and so much litter on the ground that you couldn't even touch the ground and be on flat ground if you wanted to there were just so many cans down there and i've never been to a show since that was like that one so that that was the most bizarre part about being on the floor at a 90s gun show uh let's see you know just the footing of that one somewhere it's making me think of that classic commercial with the native american with the tear coming down his eye, he's looking right. at all the pollution. <laughs> That's me right now. <laughs> so uh, going back to today's gun show, uh, we're all, again, we're all, so we're all waiting for absurd. You know what the beginning sounds like. Maybe if you're a generic Guns N' Roses fan, you still don't even know what it is. Like you're, you're the dude bro GNR fan. You guys know Paradise City, you know Welcome, that's it. What was the reaction? What was your reaction? Take us through your experience of Absurd being played and, and now it, it being an official song for the first time. Yeah, I thought it was great life. And to hear, I mean, I heard Slash's touches on it on the, the studio because, you know, 1201 the other night, I, I downloaded it on iTunes when, you know, after that MetLife show when it said it was coming out. So, I, you know, I, had the, I heard it on studio, but to hear slash play it live from the version that it was before just to have him get his hands in the pot, so to speak, I think makes that song that much stronger. And I was talking about absurd with the, you know, the kids around me and you could tell they knew about it, but the, you know, that wasn't why they were there. They weren't really looking forward to it. Like I was. So again, I'm, I'm kind of looking around at how people are taking it and they were getting into the song too. Now, not now that you can hear it, live and see how the band is into it and it's fresh and new for them. Um, you know, I, I think the people around me and I can't see what's going on behind me. I can only see to my left and my right. Uh, I think it had a good response in the front row. Cool. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree. Um, I had a pretty good view of the overall crowd uh, when that song finished up anyway. And, and people were, were cheering really loud for it i i mean as they were for a lot of the songs but it wasn't like things went quiet and people were kind of giving it a polite clap it, it was relative I, I mean i would say probably surprisingly enthusiastic um from where i was standing for a, a song that was brand new that they probably hadn't heard before and doesn't really sound like old guns and roses um the crowd itself was pretty enthusiastic about it and axel I, I will say on that song something that stood out to me as i was watching it 
Um, and I think it's one of the reasons probably why they picked that as the single as the first, I mean, there's some other songs we know that they could be putting out right now with slash and duff. Um, but that song Axel's voice is so suited for his current voice. He doesn't have to really reach, you know, those high notes and do all of that. He can just go out there and have fun. And it's a pretty hard rocking song. He gets to be in his just natural voice, doing it very comfortable for his vocals. And I, I, I could see everyone having a good time with that. Um, so yeah, that was cool. I did hear somebody behind me yell, I can't believe I just heard down on the farm. Totally wrong. I got a kick out of that. I, I can see that confusion to a degree. Good guess, kid. Good guess. Without, you know, kind of same vocal styling, but, uh, but very, quite different. But that's it. I, I like how you, your, your thought process there, Drew, because it is right in Axel's current wheelhouse vocally. It was, it was very, you could see the comfort in him singing through that. He's having fun. You know, he doesn't have to strain to hit something. And and for you're putting out a new single, you want to go out and represent it well on stage. And that song was just suited for him to go out and do it and sound exactly like the album. You know, like he it was it was really, really good sounding live. Yeah. Don't let me ask you guys. It was brought up by uh, our, our buddy, uh, Matthew Wake, who writes for AL.com. And he seemed to be bothered by it. And I wasn't. You alluded to it before, Drew. The, the Axel screams in that song yeah. are pre-recorded. Yeah. He's singing the whole thing. He's shouting. Actually, I got a tweet today and, and uh, from journalist uh, David Wilde who put it well. He's like, it reminds me of, uh, of Johnny Rotten from, uh, from Pill. You know, it's kind of like that vocal styling. But yep. he, he's not, it's, so he's singing, but there's that scream. And I'm thinking, like, that's just, like, it could be an effect. Like, I, it doesn't even register as something that should bother me. It clearly bothers Matt Wake. Yeah. So is I mean, that something that bothers you, that that's a pre-recorded, those are pre-recorded yeah. short, like, they're short screams throughout, you know, absurd. So how do you feel? And they're, they're almost just, like, yeah, almost just effects. I mean, the way right. that that sounds, I mean, you can tell, I, I believe that that's Axel doing that, but it has more of an effect vibe for him to, get into that and then get back to the, yeah, the Johnny rotten sort of thing, you know, that, that would be pretty difficult. I think, although I, I will say, I think I just saw an interview with Wolfgang where he was talking about like pre-recorded effects and how unrock and roll they are and they're terrible and all this. And I was like, <laughs> I about, thought the same sorry. thing. I was like, Eww. I mean, it's not that it's a pre-recorded effect yeah. kind of, but I, that's how but I, it's, feel. it's so minor. I, I can't, you've got to be pretty hardcore to get upset over that. I mean, if, if the vocals, the main vocals of the song or something are pre-recorded, that's a problem. Uh, but that's like a little effect in the background that, yeah, doesn't bother me. All right. For one song in the set that, I mean, if it was every song, then yeah, maybe fans would get a little more upset, but, but it's one song and you know, it's a 20 year old song. So <laughs> they might've done it that way if they'd, played it more after you know the house of blues and, and those if it was in the chinese democracy tour it could have been an effect then just because it is in 2021 doesn't mean it might not have been back then either i agree with both of you guys i knew i had you both on for a reason <laughs> and, and something else another thought i had i i wouldn't be surprised if it was slash's idea to put out this song given the lyrical content and given what you look at his social media i mean yeah yeah, yeah. You look at his Instagram, it yeah, it fits right in, doesn't it? He he grams 
I don't want to say it. I, I'm a guy. I don't like saying pussy full. Man, I guess like I, I don't know if it's a song I could sing along to, even though I like it. They just yeah doesn't have the same. I feel weird saying it. Well, it's uh, so Guns and Roses because that's by the least friend, radio friendly song that they have right now that we know of, and they, they don't yeah. care. And that's always I, been one of the appeals when I was 16 years old. Was this was right, a group right that didn't care what I'm, they did. It's it's not one of my favorite songs ever or anything, but I love the 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 balls or guts, whatever you want to call it, of Guns N' Roses to take a 20 year old song and and put it out the the craziest 20 year old song. I mean, this is almost my world level kind of out there crazy, and take it and put it out as their first single. It's something that can't be played on the radio, um, <laughs> at least not without a lot of censorship. And like that, it's just. I, I love this huge brand um, that it still has this kind of punk rock mentality to it in terms of, you know, just not caring. I mean, there's a lot of other songs they could have put out as a single that were a lot more marketable. Um, I, I like the guts that it took to put this out as a single, I would say, um, even though, it, yeah, it's not my not my favorite gun song, but but I like that about Guns N' Roses. I agree. I absolutely agree. I mean, it may not be my my favorite. While I do enjoy it, I have listened to it several times already. Okay. But it's just the balls of it. It's yeah. it's perfect. It's like it was on nobody's list. Like yeah. nobody. Like everyone's trying to guess. There were what, lists, but that wasn't on it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you saw it. It was. Um, I think it was a listener. One of the listeners of mine sent me. I, th- I think it's going to be uh, Eric, who's been on a couple times. He's, he's going to do a review of the Fargo show happening. Uh, he sent me a maybe he found it on Reddit, but it was a leaked set list, and that's what I was following along with when I when I went, thinking it was going to be real, and it might have been real because it said absurd on it. And at the time, nobody heard of that. They're like, oh, maybe it's Silkworms because that's a lyric in it. Oh, and let me ask you guys, because I didn't know this either. Uh, and again, if you haven't told, you know, have, by this episode, uh, my brain isn't always working properly. That pussy full of maggots, again, I don't feel comfortable saying it, is silkworms. That's what it is. Maggots, worms, silk. Oh, yeah. is in, in it. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. I, yeah, okay. yeah. okay. I don't know Wrong. if I put that together before or not. But, All right, but I never then, of course, the, the interesting thing about that song now, of course, is the removal of the chorus, right? So yeah. the, the, the chorus had been in there. Uh, the chorus really would not play well, I think, in 2021. And I wonder if that's some of the thought that went into this, uh, that, that it was a bit much. But, you know, so they've got Axel saying absurd instead. But in my mind, I'm still the chorus is kind of going. Was it with a with a bitch like you? Right. Yeah. But it's yeah. like it doesn't make to me because people have said that it doesn't make sense, given the content of it's so easy. It's unless that's like an established song. People don't care. Right. And also within the song, you, you have pussy from long maggots. Like you have like a terrible lyric anyway. <laughs> sorry, Maybe it's just I can't the fact say that it. it's repeated over and over in the chorus. I, I, I know. Or, or are you grandfathering in some of this old stuff? You know, I, I don't know what that is, but yeah. I had, I worked for a radio station once and uh, I don't know, maybe because they were low brow, like it was not a hot, I can't believe they got away with this. If the FCC was listening, whatever. But it was uh won't get fooled again like or no who are you and you know the lyric oh who the fuck are you yep and then when I f- started working there I'm like you know there's a curse in that song right oh we've been playing it like that for twenty years it's grandfather okay okay okay, yep. okay. <laughs> it's grandfather exactly exactly so uh it's cool so where do we go from I guess absurd how are you for the rest of the show take us through the rest of the 
you know, because you guys didn't meet up at all. Um, and I guess- no, although although it, Eric had texted me at one point, and it was this hasn't been mentioned. It was hot. I mean, really, okay. really hot in that stadium, and. I felt for him because he's down there in the front row. He's not had any, and he was like, "Boy, enjoy some water for me or something." So I was like, "I'm getting Eric some water." So uh-huh. I did go and I bought a water. It made me pour the thing out when I got to the floor, put it in a cup. I take it down to the front row to the security over to the side, and I'm like, "All right, there's a guy in a white socks hat down there in the middle. He he looks too old to be there. <laughs> take, take this down, <laughs> take this down, and and make sure he doesn't get dehydrated on me and pass out. So, so I did get Eric some water. So <laughs> that was funny because you know I, I put my glasses on. I'm reading my phone. All of a sudden, this lady puts this glass of water in my face, and all she says is, "Would you like some water?" So I'm obviously going to say yes. And everybody <laughs> around me is like, "Where's our water?" <laughs> right. I, mean, I, I knew like I five minutes later, everyone texted else. me that he had bought it for me, but it's like. <laughs> yeah why did i get water and nobody That's else so did funny. that was kind of bizarre is that a yeah, bar I did, I, it's I like you're at a bar it's from the gentleman knows. in the back you know like you're showing your hand it was me sorry go ahead True. oh sorry yeah i jotted down some notes of some some things i thought were interesting um at one point axel said their motto up on stage was to be like frank i remembered that so noted that i can't remember what that was what part of the show that was but hmm. i think that was a. Uh, that was right before he got it. He, he talked about Rumble, uh, the clip that plays be, or the music that they played, actually, uh, before they go into Jungle and said, I'm going to give you a little history lesson. You know, you know, the importance of this song. This is the song that invented the power chord. Um, and so that's, you know, why we're playing. It was in Pulp Fiction and and he got through all of that and uh, then ended with, uh, OK, you can all say thank you, Axel. Now you can fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I got a part of that on video and I won't be posting it on Twitter, but uh, I, I didn't get the first part of Axel saying that about thanking Frank. But I did get that last part yeah. and I did record Rumble. And when it led into Jungle after that, um, that was the first time I'd seen Axel get mad like since 2009. I took a note of that too. I want to hear your thoughts on that, Eric. Okay. And what you saw. Slash, Slash was having problems with his guitar during jungle. And he had a, you know, guitar tech working behind him during the, during the song. And somebody else had recorded the video because I just watched it last night. So you can see the, the tech working on Slash. And then you can hear Axel say it's, you know, he's unplugged. So, you know, Axel goes to his Axel mic where he can talk yes. to everybody now that the fans could you here. Hear, could you hear him talking on that? Too? I couldn't hear him, but his, I could his, hear him. I was, that was weird. Well, you tell the rest of your story. I'll, I'll follow up. Okay. Cause his body language and his facial expressions, you could tell that he was ticked at whoever the, the techies were that, you know, here we are having another technical issue, but then, you know, when he's back, on stage under the lights he's not letting that affect his performance as a matter of fact he makes some comment about that that you know yeah i'd have to go back and watch the it's video a like he's able to kind of just he can snap. Face yeah. like that like he was out making sure everybody's having a good time smiling but yeah you can finish up and i'll, I'll say what i thought i heard anyway but. okay yeah I, i'm real interested if because i couldn't hear what he said i could just see him talking to you know he was looking side stage at the people on slash's side and he was uh you could tell he was upset and i hadn't seen him upset since somebody threw something at him in 2009 and you know that he, he just got mad at the person that threw it at him at that one you know he 
let it roll off his back after that and then made a comment after the show that he hoped that guy got jumped in the parking lot for the guy that threw something at me. So. <laughs> but yeah, what did you think you heard him say, Drew? Yeah, so, well, I mean, Jungle just felt off from the beginning to me. It felt too slow. I mean, maybe that was in my head, but I, I felt that it started out and it just felt like it was almost in kind of in slow motion. And I, I, I didn't, I know there's been some pacing issues in the, the past. I, I know with some of the songs, um, I don't know if that was really happening. If that was in my head, it'd be interesting to go back and listen to it. Uh, but the pacing felt slow and then it just, yeah, things seemed off and, and people seemed confused um, through the song. And so I missed that with Slash. But when the song ended, uh, Axel was like off the stage and it was very weird because I was standing, I was a good distance from most of the crowd. So it was pretty quiet around me, but all of a sudden I could hear like what I assume is like Axel's like, like mic to everyone on stage, but really quiet in the distance. And I don't know if it was coming from like a speaker, like back behind the stage or something, but I heard Axel say something along the lines of like, everything was off on that one. Like that was, you know, screwed or whatever. Like he was really upset, but I could hear him saying that. And it, it didn't sound like it was coming through the big speaker. I don't know. Like I could hear it though, but so quiet. Um, so I, I don't know exactly what he said, but he was very upset. Um, and then, but when he came out on stage, it wasn't like the old days where he just trashed things. I mean, I, I even saw that back in the joint when, the whole band threw their guitars and smashed everything and left uh, on the 29th back in 2001. Um, but uh, yeah, he, he was, he came back out, everything was good. Um, but he was very upset and it was bizarre to hear that through some small speaker back on the stage or something. It was weird. It's interesting to get that perspective of it because when I did the, the Hershey park review with all those uh, technical issues with the mic cutting out and, you know, I, I saw that Axel would always go back, you know, kind of go back yeah, and grab the mic. He's talking because there must be some sort of switch that goes from the PA to yep. communicate to his guys. And yeah, there, however, the system is rigged back there. There might be a speaker back there or yeah, maybe it was like, right to a headphone or so. It's interesting. I shouldn't have heard it probably, but I was just distant enough from the crowd there. It was pretty quiet. I was near the barricade and there were no people there. And it was just very soft in the background. I heard him just, going off on the crew or whoever about that song you broke the fourth uh, wall frustrated you broke the fourth <laughs> it mean, was I, the acoustics I, coming off the ty cobb statue that bounced it right <laughs> to you it was something it was something it just carried perfectly from wherever that was whatever little speaker that was coming out of and i get it as somebody who's, who's done live radio as somebody who's i think it's usually people yelling at me rather than me doing the yelling you know when technical things go wrong and yeah uh, especially, you know, it's live and a lot of pressure, but he, it sounds like he handled it the same way he handled the Hershey park. He's just a pro. You're allowed yep. to get frustrated. Yep. Um, you you like to think they have top of the line sound people. So it's just, it's frustrating. Yep. I, I can only, uh, right. imagine. I, I well, they gotta be rusty too. I mean, it's show number four on the tour and we, we know what happened at your Hershey show. And, uh, Axel didn't have the, the mic problems in Detroit. We had an, an issue with slash and you know no matter how good you are at your job if you don't get repetition you're not going to yeah, be nobody's done it for in. 18 months right like you you take yourself out of something for 18 months you jump back in it's going to be a little rusty um but but i, I did want to say like I, I did appreciate from axel that he 
cares? You know, I mean, he, he didn't lose his mind. He didn't come out and ruin the show over it. He didn't let it show on stage. Uh, but he's here he is, you know, all these years later, and he could have just been like, yeah, whatever, we got through it. He he still cares so much about the quality of one song and how it's performed out there that he's that frustrated, you know, backstage about it not being perfect. That's the Axel. I, I like that perfectionist Axel. So like I, and, and he he didn't lose his cool. He kept he was a, he was a pro on it, but he was frustrated and voiced it. So and I'm sure. Most of the crowd they probably didn't even notice. I, no, I have. To. There's no way anyone heard no. that but me. That that <laughs> that voice thing. And yeah, Eric, you, you saw a little bit of the frustration going on on stage, but I don't think most of the crowd picked up on it. No one actually probably heard John. That. That great. Duff was just playing that bass line over and over and over again, and people were digging that. They thought they were getting an extended version of Jungle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Speaking of Duff, what do you think of him doing the the Stooges cover? Oh, I like that a lot. That was that was fresh. To, you know, there's nothing wrong with playing attitude and having a gun song, but you know, just to have something that was different. And yeah, I hate to yeah, keep going back to Slash, but it was really cool to hear Slash play on that song as well. Yeah. Duff's yeah, vocals were great on it. I, I thought that was that was a good addition to the set. And you know, they should keep it this whole leg anyway. Yeah, I was gonna say you you, you might get a different reaction from a couple of people. It's their first show; they just want to hear Guns N' Roses sh- songs. For a couple of people that've been to like 20 shows those moments stand out like that. That's, that's awesome. It's fresh. It's new, you know, like, like you, you live for that after you've seen that many shows, it, it, it kind of brings new life to the concert. I, I had a blast. I, I love that Duff gets a solo set. He should continue getting a solo set. He and slash both. Uh, those were both highlights. Right on. So how many shows have you both been to uh, separately and maybe together if you can answer that i'm just curious it's a good question well together might be a little easier i don't know most of the detroit shows we probably both been at we both went uh pretty much together to the uh the vegas reunion shows so the the first shows i mean outside of the troubadour with axel and slash back uh, i was there with eric mm. um hall of fame went to the hall of fame together yeah yeah. Yeah. We've, uh, yeah. I mean, you, I, I was at, um, uh, gosh, uh, 2006. Uh, what was the, the New York venue where they first started out the club? Oh, Hammerstein. Ball. Hammerstein. Hammerstein. Yeah. I, I went out to that one. Um, but yeah, yeah. Eric, you, you didn't make it to the Hammerstein ones, right? I had tickets on mother's day and, uh, the first member of the ex-wives club didn't handle that very well. So I ended up. <laughs> yeah. So for, yeah, for me, I, I've seen about 20 shows, um, but I was at yeah house of blues, both the joint shows at the end of 2001, some 2002 shows, the first Hammerstein sh- show in 2006, uh, the hall of fame induction. Um, yeah. Uh, kind of a lot of uh, what I, I think are kind of like the opening kind of moments, highlights of the last 20 years. I, I tried to get there and get in the front row. I mean, I hate to ask this because you just named like a lot of iconic shows, but where does 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 this show rank for you? I mean, I, I, maybe that's not a fair question. Like, yeah, that's maybe I maybe mean, better. It, give it it's a- hard because I tried to think about that too, and it's. I mean, my kid just asked me to rank all my baseball stadiums that I'd been to because I just crossed Cameron Yards off, and that was a hard process. So I had that thought myself. Where do I? I've done 15 shows that were actually guns, and you know I, I've seen you know Axel and ACDC and 
slash slash with miles and tough on his own and adler on his own yeah. but no actual guns i've been 15 and i was trying to think well where does this show fall you know and it, it probably just somewhere in the middle it was a great show it was a fantastic show but when you've been to a, a lot of relevant ones you know right. th- those are probably going to w- have a little more weight than this one did and there was there was nothing wrong with this show at all. You know, I, uh, I'll get tickets again when they come back to Michigan and, you know, yeah. as long, as long as they're still touring and, um, you know, I told I myself, will I be able to handle the, the front row this time? And I, I felt <laughs> great yesterday, which surprised me. So <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Now try it again. Izzy and Steven come back. I'll get back in the front row. Okay. There we go. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, for me, yeah, probably somewhere in the middle. Um, I mean, some of those shows, the House of Blues show, those joint shows in 2001, uh, Hammerstein, those those were next level kind of magical because it was really like no one knew what was going to happen. I remember at Hammerstein, nobody had any idea who the new guitarist was going to be. Right. Um, and, and we're all we're asking security and they're like, oh, yeah, we saw him. We're not going to tell you who. And we're like, is it Slash? And they're like, we're not going to tell you, you know, but then Ron comes out and like everyone's like, who is this guy? <laughs> which, which I felt bad about. We, we kind of judged Ron, uh, you know, wrongly uh, in that moment. I, I think he struggled a little bit that night. Um, but when you hear what he went through to try and learn the songs and everything uh, in a short amount of time. And of course, you know, Ron became a total fan favorite. I'm, I'm a big fan of Ron's. Me too. One day we'll see. No, no one's ever been in uh, members of this band. All the members that have ever been through this band. I don't think any single member has been more fan friendly than Ron was. Mm-hmm. I, so that I, I really grew to love him, but, um, well, sure, Drew, and, you know, I sent Ron that message at the 2012 up close and personal show. There's four people waiting out front, come out and see us. Ron comes out with his guitar yes. and he's playing twat outside of the venue for like four fans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's oh, yeah. exactly right. Who else would do that? You Nobody. Know, that, that, that's why he's not in the band anymore. I guess. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. He he was just just a great guy, fun to watch. Um, but no, I've never seen anybody treat fans better than him. So props to Ron. So, um, but but yeah, for for me, some of those other shows were just absolute magical moments. I get it. Um, so, but th- this is in the middle of the pack. I get it. So then I want I always ask this to all the fans that come on, and I don't know if this is also a fair question, given I don't know if you're uh, living inside a movie theater, Drew. Because it looks like you have a lot. Of I'm class. in my basement. Yeah, I've got my Disney theme going. I got okay because I see Pirates of the Caribbean posters. Yeah. Uh, Cruise, oh, welcome to Jungle, Jungle Cruise. Cruise. Oh, there you go. I'm that's to new. Are you? Uh, do you work? I mean, am I allowed to ask that? Do you work for the movies? Like, because that's a new. Oh, movie? I'm I'm just in my basement. I, these are just uh, they're light boxes. I, I put posters in them. Okay. Um, fun. So I've got kind of a themed out basement of just all kinds of pop culture stuff I like. So there are any uh like what's your favorite Gunther Roses piece of memorabilia? That's where I'm leading to. Is there a gene or stuff that we don't see? What's your- well, I can tell you a rare piece of memorabilia I have, okay. um, which is uh at the House of Blues, I caught one of the chocolate roses from Buckethead, and I still have it. And it's preserved in a freezer. So <laughs> that that is as unique of a Guns N' Roses piece of memorabilia that I have. Um, as unique as I've heard. <laughs> I, yeah, absolutely so yeah don't uh yeah. oh man you must you, 
do you keep like post-it notes on? I don't know if you live with anybody. Do not eat. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's 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 tucked well away and preserved. And yeah, a twenty-year-old chocolate rose from the House of Blues. Every Easter, you must get so scared that <laughs> someone's going to go in the freezer and think it's. <laughs> He's got two the kids. kids if they haven't ate it now, they probably won't. <laughs> oh, what what about you, Eric? Uh, do you have a favorite you piece of memorabilia? Mine's less than a month old. Uh, I would have had a different answer for you in July, but uh, I was lucky Tommy Stinson played my backyard. So when the show was over, I had Tommy sign my Chinese democracy vinyl and he made it out. He said, thanks for having us at your house. And I thought that was really cool that he added that with his signature. So that's going to be tough to beat for a while now. That was kind of a a cloud nine night that, you know, the generals at my house. That's tough to beat. That was was an amazing night. Yeah, because that's what Tommy is doing now. He's currently on tour with Cowboys. Uh, uh, I always Cowboys forget and the campfire and the campfire. I always forget if it's with or and the campfire yeah. with Chip. Yeah. And Tommy and Chip are just awesome. I, you know, I I've seen them three times now with you know the last one in the backyard here. And- so how did that happen though? Like, because I, I guess because he's obviously he's not Guns N' Roses. He's not playing you no know, stadiums. He's playing smaller places, but they have these backyard gigs. I mean, that's pretty. That's pretty so there was a picture of a map on Facebook and they circled the area of the map and said, if you live here and you want the band to play in your backyard, send us a message. So, pick me. So <laughs> I, I, I put a little video up of what my backyard looked like. Uh, plan A, plan B, plan C. And we, we went with the plan A layout and, you know, they, they capped the tickets at, at 50 people's. So it, it's a. You know, and Tommy people, does that on purpose. Show up as, as I, re- I did a count. There were 10 no shows. There were 10. I, I could only count 40 days. people. So it was Messed 40 up. of us. Yeah. Hanging yeah. out, watching Tommy Stinson in Eric's backyard. That, that was an amazing night, especially being like a month or two ago. And we hadn't seen live music in so long. And there, I, when I got there, I pull up and Eric gets out of his car and he's like, Oh, uh, Tommy and Chip are just sitting on the back porch chatting with everybody right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. So I, I went back there. It was amazing. And, uh, and Tommy Stinson used your bathroom and everything. Yeah, so I told him he, did, he had he did, had to quit asking me. I said, just make yourself at home and go do it. <laughs> I mean, I, I did rent a porta potty because I didn't want fifty strangers uh, clogging up my toilet. But you know, Tommy and Chip used the bathroom, got in the refrigerator. Oh, that's cool. I, I don't drink anymore. But one of the first things Tommy asked me was like, "Do you have any bourbon?" <laughs> I told him I didn't. I said, and then he know? made a run to the, to the store to get some. Yeah, right? He went to the Meyer down the road. Tommy Chip went and shopped at the Meyer at Charlotte to, to go get snacks and drinks. That's brilliant. Oh, yeah. I love it. It was a fun night. You know, the, those two guys are fantastic. I mean, that yeah, was they're just so fan month. friendly. Yeah. My, my oldest kid and Chip kind of hit it off. It, it was kind of funny. Uh, j- I just got a message out of the blue the next day from Chip's wife, who I don't know, telling me how much that Chip enjoyed talking to my son. <laughs> That's really that was cool. his first rock concert. And I told him, I said, boy, wow. th- the next time you go to a rock concert, they're not going to be at your house. They're not going to take pictures <laughs> with you. You're not going to get autographs. You know, It's going to be a whole totally different experience the next time you go to a show. That's very cool, though. Uh, that, that's, that's special for you and your son to experience. And that's awesome because I've seen uh, that Tommy's been offering that. And it's just uh, very cool. And it goes to what you were saying before, Drew, about Bumblefoot being fan friendly. That was something special about that version of the band. Obviously, we're all excited to have, you know, this grand scale GNR. You know, we, we can save another podcast we have for, you know, the, the, the classic reunion, whatever. Yep. But uh, I think that's why whoever has been in GNR, They've gotten the right guys. 
they've gotten the right dudes or girl now, you know, she's still in the band. I think they've just gotten good people to be. I mean, mean, Slash is unbelievable. Slash is my favorite guitarist of all time. At the same time, there is a seriously special place in my heart for that early 2000s lineup of Guns N' Roses and all the guys that were in that group. Uh, That's that's really my favorite just era lineup of this band ever. It was because it was just it was all a mystery. You go to these shows and you didn't know what was going to happen and what they were going to play. And, and, and Axel was so passionate about the new music and so fired up and ready to prove himself. And those early shows, uh, yeah, early 2001 shows were just pure magic. Um, yeah. So I love that lineup. Love Tommy. All right. Well, we'll see if you guys can answer this, uh, this last question, or maybe you could say your, your mood of the day, but do you have a favorite, Guns N' Roses song. I will always say for me, and I said it earlier, I believe, November Rain. That's just me. You know, inspired my first tattoo on my back, my, my shoulder blade. You know, I have ones that are I may prefer to listen to more in a certain day, but do you have like a special song now to you personally? Either. I mean, for for I, me, it's probably estranged. I, I, I love estranged. Uh, when they when they played that live for the first time. Uh, since 93, I believe, with uh, Slash and Axel uh, on stage together in Vegas back in 2016. Uh, I was I was on the rail in front of Slash and I recorded video of that that's on YouTube somewhere um, of uh, of the front row shot of Slash playing the guitar solo in Estranged that I shot. And I that was my favorite song for all those years. And then to be there in that moment for them to go back to that song with Slash um, was just amazing that that was that was a real highlight in my guns and roses concert history love that song sure yeah eric well i already told you it was it's so easy oh there you, sure you did i i yeah. didn't like guns and roses the first time i heard them i remember here i had a job milking cows for 255 an hour at my friend's house and he liked sweet child of mine and i didn't care for that song one one bit that summer uh 88 and I had a different friend that could not stand that I didn't like Guns N' Roses. So he played it so easy for me. And I was like, give me more. And then, you know, I like Sweet Child now. I, I didn't then. But that was the song that flicked the switch for me. And I've liked it ever since. I like that story. You know, I, that's my first time milking cow story on the podcast. So I- <laughs> for two fifty five an hour, you know, you can get 13 bucks at McDonald's. Now I grew up in the wrong era. <laughs> yeah, you're and, too uh, old to be on the rail, Eric. Too old. <laughs> <laughs> and Sweet Child of the Mind, um, which was news that came out there, just hit 1 billion streams. No on, kidding. Uh, yeah. So just um, goes to show you. And that's why the, the dude bros, the dude GNR fans say we, we need them. We need all, we need us, the hyper nerds that know silkworms that are part of, you know, used to be part of the forums. But we need the dude bros. They put their arms around each other during patience. <laughs> My fiance and I did the same thing, making fun of them. <laughs> kind of like, it's so cute. Yeah. You four, you four dude bros, uh, you know, the patience. Anyway. There's That's only so many of us old diehards. They've got to fill up the crowd somehow. So we welcome them there. It's, it's yeah. very true. All GNR fans are, are welcome. So uh, yep. do you guys have any, because um, I know you're just regular, regular dudes, regular, regular people, but do you have any like GNR fan sites or Instagrams? Like do you share pictures that anyone wants to follow? Uh, anything of that? nature i figure if you have a if you have a business you just want to shout out there for speak now forever hold your peace no if, if you are ever in michigan and uh you see a band playing called guns and posers 
it might be an old me fronting a tribute band. Uh, so I, I've done that a few times in the past, but I haven't played okay. in a long time. Okay. But yeah, there you go. I was about to say, I'm going to have to go see Guns and Posers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm the Axel. Yeah. I, I do old wear do you all oh, I, like you? I want Axel to grow a beard. I was hoping that was the more than the main yeah. thing. Yeah, Axel, Axel, beard always suited Axel. I think he had a beard for a little bit back in 92, 93 or something. Yeah, well, that was more like he cool. just didn't shave kind of beard, which is yeah. fine. I don't know I want him to have like a real manicured beard. I don't yeah. know, get weird with it. Yeah, so. we, 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 we got to get that information to him. He needs to get on that right on. Well. Thank you, uh, Drew. Thank you, Eric. I feel like I was there. I feel like I was at Comerica Park. Well, thank so, you for having us on. This was a lot of fun, Brando. I've listened to a lot of your, your shows and really enjoy them. I'm a big fan, so this is this is a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Brando. Thank you, Eric. And I know Eric was the one who reached out, and this is what I encourage everybody to do. You know, Eric reached out on Facebook. You can do so on Instagram, on our, our new Twitter, Appetite, uh, at the AFD podcast. Um, also, email. Uh, at the AFD show at gmail.com. However you want to do it. If you just want to be, if you're going to a show, uh, as long as the shows keep happening, knock on wood, you know, if you want to do a review just like this uh, on the podcast, just send me uh, an instant message to DM as uh, the, the kids say, or however Axel phrased it. It's like, I don't know how they do this internet thing. Now I couldn't get quite what he said when he was teasing, uh, you know, saying that it was going to be downloaded at midnight. Yeah. But in the video, you heard me. It was my natural reaction. I heard him say, you can get it at midnight. I was like, whoa, wait, what? What? <laughs> this is a real music. thing. That, yeah. First new music in 13 years. Right. That's wow. exciting. So the energy, the, the fan base is obviously energized. And I think that's why it's a lot of fun to have fans like you, Drew and Eric. Uh, come on. I can't wait for the next. I want to hear the fans who go to the for next show and what they yeah. have to say. So um, we're going to get I see uh, the value in this. Like, like I, this is fun. I want to, I want to hear about those shows coming up. It's going to be interesting. Cause we're going to get Eric P on who's been on a couple times before he helped co-host um, with uh, ginger Wildheart. But the, the kicker is he's going to bring on his girlfriend because it's, you want to know, cause they're usually not. Yeah. My fiance likes GNR, but she would, she would never have gone to see Guns N' Roses live. If it wasn't for me. So to hear her perspective, is different than mine. So I want to get her perspective. If you know, it's like, I'm, I'm never going to get into Dave Matthews. I'll, I'll be dragged to a Dave Matthews show. If you want to bring me on a Dave Matthews podcast, sure. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. So who knows? Maybe she hates GNR. I doubt it, but we'll see anyway. So that'll be coming up for the Fargo show. Again, uh, contact me, any of the social media ways, uh, new Twitter. And if you want to do a review as far as upcoming guests, uh, I have already announced Matt Sorum next month. Uh, more, I know. Yeah. Getting him back. Oh, on that's awesome. Yeah, very cool. Uh, he was probably, I think one of my first interviews I did when I started to feel, feel, feel my quarantine here in my apartment in Queens. Yeah. So I didn't have a setup. I think I had him on speakerphone next to my laptop. It was shitty quality, but it was still Matt Sorum. I'm going to get him for a zoom interview for 30 minutes. That so is going to be fun. Cool. Very much looking forward to that. So all, uh, upcoming guests, of course, uh, another way, another reason why you should follow on social media. That's how we announce them. That's where we announce them. And that's how you can maybe be a co-host. That's how you get questions submitted, all that fun stuff. So when are you going to see the next episode? In the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, you'll see it. I don't know if soon as it
lame-ass security, I'm going home. <laughs>